Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Selling Greenville, your favorite real estate podcast here in the upstate of South Carolina. I'm your host, Stan McCune, realtor right here in the greater Greenville area, as always. You can find all of my contact information in the show notes if you need to reach out to me for any of your real estate needs or just to chat about the pod. Um, You know, I'm always cool with that. Um, And just a reminder, as always, please, so that you don't miss any future episodes, please subscribe to this podcast. Please leave a quick little five-star rating if you like it. Um, And if you could just take 15 seconds to leave a short little review, that would be great. That encourages me to keep producing content. We've been doing it now for almost two and a half years. Um, and let me say, it's not easy to do every single week. I'm busy. Um, so if you guys could just go ahead and, and do those things to encourage me and to get the word out there to, to more and more people, I would appreciate that. Um, today, I want to do, hopefully, um, a short little episode on just kind of what I'm seeing. Um, we're in, obviously, a transitional period with the market. Uh, there's a lot going on, a, a lot of rumblings of recession, uh, interest rates, going up, although they kind of plateaued for a little bit. Um, But then uh, the Fed recently uh, had notes that were released that indicated that, yes, they do intend to keep pushing rates up. So we know that that's going to continue to happen. Um, And obviously, all of this, uh, you know, and then combined with just the costs of everything due to inflation going up, this is definitely having an impact on the housing market. So I don't have yet the, the Greater Greenville Association of Realtors stats for the month of May. Um, so we don't know exactly how the month of May shaped up. Um, but what I can tell you is what I'm seeing on the ground. And I'm going to start, so, so this is all anecdotal, um, but this is based on uh, what I'm seeing, some numbers that I've run, and then just kind of what I've been reading, uh, just generally speaking from others that analyze the market. Um, so here is kind of what I'm seeing. Price reductions. We are seeing a lot more price reductions than we have in a long time. And unfortunately, there's not a good way to pull this data. Um, it's it's extreme. It would be extremely tedious. I mean, it would take me, I don't know, five or six hours to really be able to accurately track price reductions and how they're happening and how frequently and when they're happening and all of that. But just anecdotally, as I am uh, just tracking what's happening, we're seeing a lot more price reductions. And that's basically an indicator, not of prices going down. Again, I keep hearing people say this. Do you think prices will go down? Or people say, get ready, prices are going to go down. That's not what is happening when a price reduction happens. Okay, Here's what I am seeing right now. We have historically, well, <laughs> I shouldn't say historically, in recent history, the past year, year and a half, two years, we have seen record rates of appreciation, particularly the past year. Um, the last time the Greater Greenville Association of Realtors produced their market stats was for the month of April of this year. And we saw about 20% appreciation year on year, April 2022 versus April 2021. That is a tremendous amount of of appreciation. So here's what happens. People are, they they might not know exactly in their mind, oh, it's 20% appreciation. But in the back of their mind, they're kind of operating under that assumption, combined with the fact that other, you know, realtors and, and real estate professionals, they kind of have that in the back of their mind as well. 
And so what happens when, when the market shifts right now and, and you know, it's, it is shifting. And so those numbers, that 20%, we may never see that for a month ever again for the entire market. That's a, that's a tremendous number. Um, people are just getting blindsided by that. And so they're kind of assuming, oh, my home went up 20% in value the past year. And then putting it on the market for that. Well, in reality, the market has shifted now and maybe their home only went up 10% in value. That's still a lot of increase in value. That's still a lot of appreciation, but not 20%. And so they overpriced their home because they are basing it off of the first quarter and perhaps even the second quarter of this year, um, or, or early second quarter of this year, because we're still in it. Um, but now things have changed. It's not quite, you're not quite getting that type of appreciation. And so we're seeing those price reductions happening because sellers are banking on a level of appreciation that is most likely over. Again, I'm very curious to see what, what May indicates, but I'm thinking that May is, is going to be down year on year appreciation quite a bit from what April was. Now we're particularly, or I'm particularly seeing price reductions with companies that have been um, buying up properties and doing like cosmetic flips, um, like big companies like Open Door and Offerpad. Um, and these are companies that they, they really came onto the scene the past two years. And um, apparently they've been doing quite well recently, but I think that they have just been getting lucky based on the market because I see the prices that they purchased these properties for. And then they, you know, within a few months, they just put new carpet in there, put new paint, and then put it on the market. Um, I've been seeing what they've been paying for these properties, and they're they're not paying a whole lot, if at all, below market value. But they're anticipating within three months that the property will have gone up 5% in value, and then they're banking that percent. And, you know, and basically hoping that they've added a little value with the cosmetic stuff that they've done. Those are the companies... Uh, I, I mean, I can't tell you how often I look at a price reduction, and it's one of those two companies in particular, Open Door and Offerpad. Um, and what they're doing is is they're uh, they're trying to sell their services to what we call, or they're they're basically what we call an i buyer. They're selling their services to people that are just like you know they just don't want to go through the hassle of listing their home. Um, and Open Door sends me all the time mail offering to buy my home and they'll give me a range of what they think my home is worth and then tell me it's flexible terms all of that um so they're doing that all over the market and um and i I think that they're gonna have a rough second half of this year because we're already seeing a bunch of price reductions and i think that they're going to get caught with their pants down when the market shifts i mean maybe not maybe they they are smart people and they're ahead of the game Um, But just based on what I'm seeing, I have a suspicion that those profit margins that they have been making uh, the past year or so are going to shrink tremendously. They're probably going to have some some major layoffs and uh, and the like in the second half of this year. Um, I'm also seeing and this is the the first time I've seen this in a long time. So this is when I, I got an email about this and my my eyes popped out of my head. I was like, okay, now I know that the market is is definitely shifting. Um, builders are lowering their prices and offering realtor incentives. So, um, you know, builders will offer realtors 
a commission. Traditionally, it has been 3%. As the market has gotten hotter, they've shaved that off. Um, in a slow market, they will offer 3% plus bonuses, plus realtor bonuses. Um, well, we've not seen that in a long time, um, with a few unique exceptions. Um, but recently, we have been seeing that. Um, I have seen builders sending me emails, builders that have been some of the chintziest with us realtors, um, have been uh, offering some new incentives, some bonuses and whatnot, while lowering their prices. That is a big shift um, that, you know, again, I've not seen that in quite some time. So to me, that's a major indicator. Okay, we're entering into, uh, into a new phase here. And uh, honestly, it's a phase that I welcome. Um, I'm tired of builders being chintzy, not just with realtors, but, but also with, with my clients. It's, it's, you know, they don't have any motivation in a very hot market to do a good job because they can do whatever they want to do. So um, all of these things, I think, are positive developments overall. Um, so what are we seeing and what am I seeing specifically on the ground in terms of with my buyer clients? Still, and, and with my sellers, um, still multiple offer situations on desirable properties. And that's at every price point, but it's particularly in the under $300,000 price point because almost anything that is in like turnkey condition that's below $300,000 is highly desirable right now. There's just not enough inventory in that in that segment of the market. Um, and so we're still seeing a bunch of multiple offer situations when it comes to those types of properties and properties well above 300,000. Again, if they're good properties, they're going to get multiple offers. And this is what people don't understand. This was during the Great Recession as well. I was not a realtor during the Great Recession, um, but I was trying to buy my first house during the Great Recession. And I experienced firsthand, there were tons of multiple offer situations during the worst time of the worst recession of my lifetime. Um, and so uh, there, there are always going to be those circumstances for certain properties. Um, right now, we're still seeing it on a lot of properties. Now, where it's different is where there used to be, um, you know, half a year ago, there might be 20 offers on a given property. Now we're seeing more like five or six. And so the multiple offer um, number, I should say the number of offers being received is lower. Um, and so what that then means is that there are other properties that would have gotten three, four, five offers on them are now not going into multiple offer situations. They're just getting the one offer and that's it. I actually saw a situation the past week. I predicted this. I predicted um, that we would be uh, you know, going into a period where there would be multiple homes that came on the market all at the same time that would, that would kind of fit the same criteria for what buyers are looking for and buyers would all gravitate towards the one home and leave the other exposed. And then that would be an opportunity for someone to be like, you know what, the home that everyone else is going towards and creating a multiple offer situation on, I can get this home without a multiple offer situation because everyone else is, is competing for this other one. Um, I, I saw that exact scenario play out this past week. Um, and so these are the types of things that buyers need to be aware of is going to happen. And that needs to uh, you need to be able to adapt your strategy as a real estate buyer in this market. Now, I looked at um, the number of closings that we had for May. I wanted to see 
what what's going on in terms of like how many of these are cash how many of these are financed of the ones that are financed what type of financing are people getting uh, because that's an important detail i i my gut told me there was a lot of cash still floating around in the market uh, but that was something that i wanted to verify and sure enough i was right um of all the closings in, in the month of may which was uh in so i should clarify i went into mls i selected the residential button and or the residential option and i just left it wide open so that will include single family homes condos mobile homes and a handful of other similar properties um but I didn't want to differentiate between all of those. I just kind of wanted to keep it open-ended. Um, and that's what I looked at. With those parameters, we had uh, 1,562 uh, properties that were sold in the month of May. Um, of those, 26% were bought cash. 26% over a quarter. Huge number. Absolutely huge number. That means if you get a multiple offer situation more than likely one of those offers is going to be cash, right? Because if you get four offers, um, I mean, in theory, at least a quarter of them are going to be cash because a quarter of closings are cash. Um, that's a little simplistic way of thinking about it. If you're a mathematician, you're probably trying to gouge out your eyes right now. But that's a very simple way uh, for me to think about it. Could be, again, you're a mathematician, you're probably thinking there might be multiple cash offers because they can only accept one offer at a time. Yes, and you would be right. Um, so that's why I think, you know, generally speaking, probably even higher than a quarter of offers are cash. So uh, that's a that's a huge number. Conventional loans, which is kind of generally speaking, loosely speaking, the most attractive loan product that people see, uh, was 55 and a half percent of closings. Um, FHA was 10.3%, VA was 6.1%, USDA, which is the Rural Loan Program, is 1.28%. So FHA, VA, USDA, those are all kind of tied at the hip. Those are very similar loan programs. Um, those accounted for, uh, let's see here, 10, 16, 10, about 18%. So that's rough. Those are those are generally speaking what first-time home buyers are using. That is a, a rough percentage. And I compared this to April just to see. And in April, the cash number went up, but the conventional number stayed the same. And this is another thing that I said in a previous podcast is that the cash buyers, generally speaking, are competing with the first-time home buyers. So the cash percentage went up in April. It was up to 27.6% nuts. But the FHA, VA, and USDA numbers, they all went down. So the cash buyers are just plucking homes straight uh, straight away from uh, the first-time home buyers, generally speaking. Um, I also kind of did a deep dive. I was curious. Okay, of the cash sales, like what are the price points that we're seeing the most cash sales at? Because I feel like this is an important detail. Um, and no, unsurprisingly, it is right in the spot where we're seeing the most number of homes listed. Uh, so you might think, okay, the most cash sales are going to be for very cheap homes. Okay, yes, but the very cheap homes are basically non-existent right now. So uh, of homes that were zero to $100,000 that sold for that price, that, that only made up 7.14% of the cash sales. So again, we're, we're not talking of all sales. We're just talking about 
the percentage of cash sales, 7.14% of cash sales were to properties below 100,000 in value, at or below 100,000 in value. Uh, for those between $100,001 and $200,000, that made up 18.23%, okay? Getting a little bit higher. Now, here's the highest one out of all. Between $200,001 and $300,000 in sold price, that is where the largest of the cash transactions, the largest number of them were in that range, 200 to 300. Not surprising. That is where the hottest, that that's where everyone's competing right now because those are, if you get below 200,000, generally speaking, and, and again, I'm speaking generally, but generally speaking, those are either properties that are fixer uppers right now or they're in very rural areas um, or just transitional areas, whatever you might say. Um, if you go over 300,000, now you're over the, the median price point for our area. So the 200 to 300,000 price point is the sweet spot. 25.37% of all cash transactions in the month of May were in that sweet spot. And then between $300,001 and $400,000, we saw 21.18%. So 46.5% of all cash transactions were between $200,000 and $400,000. So that is that tells you everything. If you're looking for a house in that price point, you are going to be competing with a lot of cash buyers. You need to be aware of that. Um, we get I, I continued between uh, $400,001 and $500,000. That only made 12.81% of all cash transactions uh, for the month of May. And then $500,000 plus uh, was 15.27% of all cash transactions. Um, so... I think what we're seeing here is is again in that two hundred to four hundred thousand dollar price point, uh, we're seeing those are a lot of investors, right? That's that's where the investors are competing right now. Um, and and by the way, the way I pulled this, really, it, it did not include multifamily. We still don't have a whole lot of multifamily on the market, um, but this is was primarily unless something was listed kind of incorrectly, this would have been pretty much exclusively single family. We're seeing a lot of investors targeting single family properties right now uh, because there's nothing else for them to do. They need somewhere to sink their cash. They don't like the fact that they're losing uh, all of this value to a, to inflation. Um, and so they need a safe place to put it. Um, <clears throat> so as I said before, cash is directly competing with first-time home buyers. If you listen to this podcast, you already know that. If you're a first-time home buyer, uh, you have to keep that in mind. And that's something that I try to work with my first-time home buyers to to craft our strategy. Okay, here's how here's how we're going to approach this um, because it's still a very tough market to be a first-time home buyer in. Um, I'll say this: there's more uncertainty in the market than I have seen since the very onset of the pandemic. It's fun for me to go back and listen to some of my episodes. I don't well, I I don't really like to listen to my own episodes because I I like most people I hate to hear my voice. Um but um listening to those episodes that I recorded right during the heart uh, of the onset of the pandemic, you know, between uh you know, March, April, May, June of 2020, um I did not know what was going to happen. Nobody knew what was going to happen. Is the housing market going to crash? Are we going to go into recession? You know, what what exactly is happening here? 
And the what nobody anticipated was that the market would absolutely go nuts and become the craziest seller's market of our lifetime. Um, and, and so there was a ton of uncertainty and very few people got it right what, what actually happened. It was just not predictable. And I see the market right now like that uh, in, in no other way. Uh, I, I should say it's not been like that. It's not been this uncertain since back then, since very early in 2020. But we're seeing tons of uncertainty. Nobody knows what's going to happen. I read tons and tons of articles, study tons and tons of data, both in our local market, but also nationwide. And everyone's guessing. The past few weeks, I have seen two different articles in Fortune magazine that completely contradict each other about our area here in the southeast. One said that our region, this region here in the southeast, Carolinas, Georgia, uh, etc., had a very low chance, basically a 0% chance of seeing home price depreciation. And then I saw just a few days ago another article from Fortune magazine that said that our region, this area, Carolinas, Georgia, etc., um, has one of the highest chances of seeing home prices go down to see actual depreciation in our market. So even within a single uh, publications, they're having articles coming out that completely contradict each other that are all looking at the same data and coming to very different conclusions. Um, my belief, because that's why you're listening, right? You're listening to hear my opinion. Uh, my belief is that we will see a big reduction in appreciation, which, like I said before, it has been in the 15 to 20% range, uh, which is nuts, right? We, we've never seen that for the entire market. Um, and it's not healthy for the entire market. That's not sustainable. So I see a big reduction in that number. But do I see it going below 0%? In other words, do I see homes depreciating in value? So a home that in uh, June of 2021 was worth $300,000. And in June of 2022, well, let's push it out. Let's say in October of 2022. Am I going to see a home that in October of 2021 was worth $300,000, and then in October of 2022 is worth $290,000. I do not think we're going to see that. Not not yet. Not yet. Maybe in the future. But it's it's too soon. There's just there's still too much pent-up demand. All of that has to, has to get through the pipeline before we start seeing home prices go down. Um, and we have to start seeing some foreclosures happen as well. Foreclosure rates are still at record lows. And I really don't see how people are going to all of a sudden start foreclosing unless they start losing their jobs. That is the one scenario where I can see it happening. But then we had one of the highest rates of cash purchases and people putting large down payments, which means that even if the market retracts, they still have enough equity in their home that they could sell it and not foreclose. So to me, um, I'm I'm very skeptical about the the theory that we're going to see uh, home values depreciate. Uh, what I think we're going to see is something closer to what what we had pre-pandemic in the 2019-ish uh, time, which feels like an eternity ago, um, which was still a seller's market. We had four to five months uh, of inventory based on how uh, Greenville tracks it. And our appreciation was, was modest but comfortable. It was 3 to 7% year-on-year, year, generally speaking. So in any given month, your home went up in value 3%, 4%, 5%, 6%, 7%, 8%, 9%, 10%, 11%, 12%, 13%, 14%, 15%, 16%, 17%, 18%, 19%, 20%, 21%, 22%, 23
5%, 7%, something like that. Um, only the hottest markets, like those in West Greenville, ever saw 20% year-on-year gains. And, and we've, we've talked about that uh, in other episodes. Um, but, but market-wide, we were seeing 3 to 7% gains, not the 15 to 20% that we're seeing now. I think we're going to return to that before we ever start talking about returning to something below 0% appreciation. Um, and I've said this before, but I'm going to say it again. Going from 15 to 20% year-on-year appreciation to 3 to 7% is going to feel like a big slowdown. And it is. That is a big, big slowdown. But that's still not a buyer's market. Uh, a lot would have to happen for us to flip to a buyer's market. And that's still not really prices going down. That's prices slowing down. That is a big difference. I hear people say, prices are going to go down. No, prices are going to slow down. That's what I believe. I could be wrong. Like I said, everyone's guessing here. We're all looking at the same data and coming to different conclusions, even within the same news publications. Uh, So we'll have to wait it out. But this is my prediction specifically for our area here in the upstate. So long story short, I'm still skeptical that absent a recession or a major war event that we're going to see a buyer's market in the next one and a half to two years. Um, I just, the data just, I, I just can't see it. I just don't see how that could happen unless we had a major recession or a war event bigger than than what's happening in Ukraine, right? Something that involved uh, invasions of, uh, you know, major allies with the U.S. and Europe, something like that, um, or, or something that involved the U.S. directly uh, being in conflict that directly impacted us here at home. Um, that's what I think it would take for us to see a buyer's market happen in the upstate within the next two years. Now, outside of two years, all bets are off. Um, That's just way too far in the future to predict what's going to happen. Once all this demand cycles through, and once we kind of see the fallout from all of these interest rate hikes, from all of the inflation that's going to happen, from the midterm elections that are coming up, um, and, and then the continuation with what happens in Ukraine and all of that. Um, I think, you know, generally speaking, it, it takes about a year from the time people start to go into foreclosure for for foreclosures to start hitting the market. Um, and so, and, and I don't, we have very low rates of foreclosures right now. So it's like, okay, if all of, if, if kind of the worst case scenario happens on multiple levels economically, and then a year from now, people start going into foreclosure. Um, a year after that, then we'll start seeing a lot of foreclosures hitting the market. At that point, we could see something that that resembles a buyer's market because the foreclosures usually are a major driver of that. But we'll have to see. That's, that's a long ways out. And the right here and the right now, what we are seeing is still very much a seller's market, but a shifting seller's market. People need to be prepared for that. Sellers need to, to be ready. Don't expect that your your home went up 20% in value if you're selling for this, this summer. It did not go up 20% in value, most likely, year on year, if you try to sell in July or in August or whatever the case may be. We're going to see those year on year rates of appreciation go down, but you're still going to make money. You're still going to make plenty of money if you sell. Don't worry. 
Um, it will be just fine. It'll just be a little bit more comfortable, hopefully, for buyers in this market. So that's all I have for today's episode. I hope you guys enjoyed it. Uh, just a reminder, please subscribe, rate, review, all of those things to help get the show out to everyone. Um, we are in, I think, just about every podcast app. So if if you don't, if you just kind of click the link that I sent out to you, please go ahead and uh, just open up your podcast app and, and search for Selling Greenville and then hit the subscribe button and then you'll be subscribed. If you need my contact information, that's in the show notes as well. And I will talk to you guys next time.